Hey, we're all looking to save, especially on medical bills, but where do you start? Now, unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings, well, it can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and they flag errors like overbilling or wrong codes and fraud. And you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, saving starts with knowing where to look. Go to their website. It's HealthLock.com today before you see any other healthcare provider. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, of now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Are you being influenced? Well, if you watched the blockbuster film in the last decade, well, then there's a chance it has been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Now, here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. Now, in Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, well, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. And for a limited time, you can watch the first 10 minutes for free when you go to the website, hollywoodtakeover.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. America trapped behind enemy lines. Day number 234. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show. Glad you're with us. Toll free, it's 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. I know it's frustrating that the Durham report, the Durham indictments are not done, and we expected this before the 2020 election, none of which happened. But the investigation goes on. And John Solomon, the editor-in-chief of justthenews.com has a bombshell report from Durham today. We're now getting the the things are beginning to come together in terms of the work that John Durham has been doing as special prosecutor. Anyway, so he unveiled what is a, a smoking gun FBI text message on this joint venture to smear Donald Trump. In other words, he revealed he is now unearthed, according to John Solomon, who's going to join us in a minute, a text message showing Hillary Clinton's lawyer, the guy that has been indicted, Michael Sussman, as we've told you about, who worked for Fusion GPS, telling the FBI that he was not working on behalf of any client when he delivered the anti-Trump research. In other words, the dirty, misinformation, Russian, bought and paid for uh, dossier. Uh, Prosecutors say that this will be essential evidence in the trial of Sussman and and of course, the charge that he lied to the FBI and the charge was the defendant lied in this meeting, falsely stating to the general counsel, meaning James Baker, that he was not providing the allegations to the FBI on behalf of any client. Durham's motion said, in fact, the defendant had assembled and conveyed the allegations to the FBI at of at least two specific clients, including one, a technology executive, tech exec one, and U.S.-based Internet company, Internet company one, and two, the Clinton campaign. And anyway, let me bring in John Solomon. It gets complicated, but he'll break it down and make it simple. Uh, But before we do, let me just play Baker saying people don't focus enough on the uh, enough that 
that's that the FBI's case against the Trump campaign was about Russian interference. Now, that's not the implication. They tried to say, oh, Trump Tower, that Donald Trump colluded with Russia. So they this is, to me, a misdirection. Listen. But the important thing, I think, to remember that it gets said sometimes, but I don't think people focus on it enough, that the case was about Russia. We've we've written about this. It was about Russia. Period. Full stop. That was the focus of the investigation. So when the Papadopoulos information comes across our radar screen, it's coming across uh, in the sense that we were always looking at Russia. I think the I don't know how long the FBI's had its focus on Russia, but it predates the Soviet Union and the FBI predates the Soviet Union and the Russian Federation. And so we've been thinking about Russia as a threat actor in the Soviet Union before it for decades and decades. And so. This information, first of all, comes in against that backdrop, and then we can talk about the other things that were going on in the summer of 2016. All right, John Solomon is the editor-in-chief of JustTheNews.com. He's the one that picked up on this bombshell. John, look, I know it gets confusing to people, but this is this is a big deal. Explain. Yeah, listen, there's two parts to it. The first is specific to the Sussman case. There's been this, this uh, dispute since he was charged, well, particularly in the Democratic-backed media, that, well, maybe this is just a dispute among recollections of what happened. Maybe he didn't really lie. The FBI remembers it one way. He remembers it another way. Not anymore. There is a direct text message in which he locks in the story that uh, he's approaching the FBI not on behalf of any client, when in fact we know he was approaching him on behalf of Hillary Clinton and one of her computer tech executives working with the campaign. And we Why know that, that because he worked for the law firm Perkins Coie, and Perkins Coie got the money from the DNC and Hillary Clinton funneled to them before they hired yeah. Fusion GPS, which then hired Christopher Steele. Is that correct? That's right. And he actually bills uh, lots of hours to the Clinton campaign for this whole uh, Alpha Bank thing. That's this crazy idea that Donald Trump had a secret computer server that connected him directly to the Kremlin so he could hijack the election through the Alpha Bank in Moscow. That has been debunked by every investigative agency, but that's what uh, Sussman was peddling. He charged Hillary Clinton's campaign for work to develop that theory they got him now, not only on charging it, he now they, they have a written confession from him that he told the FBI in a text message, I'm coming to you as a citizen, not as a uh, on behalf of a client. That is simply not true. How do we know it's not true? Beyond the records and everything, he later goes to the House Intelligence Committee and testifies just the opposite. Yes, I was working on behalf of a client. Yes, I did talk to the client before I went to the FBI. John Durham has him dead red now on uh, on proving that it's lying. And the question now is, you're going to see the Democratic lawyers in this case now pivot and say, oh, it wasn't material. It didn't matter to the FBI. He was working for Hillary Clinton. I think we know the answer to that. Um, uh, clearly, Christopher Steele's dossier was flawed because he was working for the Clinton campaign. It did matter to the FBI. But uh, Michael Sussman's future is a lot bleaker with the revelation of this document. That's the first thing. But, yeah, okay, keep going. There's a much more important expansion of John Durham's argument today. For the first time, he uses the C word, not Clinton, but he does use Clinton in there. Wait a minute. Conspiracy. Go. Conspiracy. You got it. That's right. He says that these different partners, the Hillary Clinton campaign, the law firm Perkins Coie, GPS Fusion, and these tech executives who all work together to create the Alpha Bank, 
story that they fed to the FBI that turned out to be bogus, that they were a joint venture and they were working as a conspiracy. And court, you should treat them as though they, they should be considered. This is a direct quote. They should be considered as co-conspirators. He's going to use this case to paint a conspiracy that all these people work together, and each of them has a little bit of the the, the misinformation. The, the thing Perkins Cooey hides the fact that they're paying Christopher Steele, calling it legal consulting. The FEC just fined them last week. Um, uh, uh, Sussman is lying to the FBI that I'm not really coming to you on Hillary Clinton when he was. The tech ex- experts that are saying, hey, this is a really solid case. He puts in the court filing today. They were being told this is a red herring. Doesn't look like it's real. Going to be a stretch to make an argument that this is real proof of a communication. So the tech executives are trying to validate something that they know their own experts are telling is not really true. It's a false story. That in its entirety is a conspiracy to dirty up Donald Trump, to lie about Donald Trump, stick Russia collusion on him when the facts so let's let's talk about the players as as they are described in this filing. Tech executive one, for example. I mean, yeah. if we go through all of this, um, because I think the names and and we now know who they are is very important. Uh, and as as it relates to okay, who who are these people that that he's talking about? Meaning yeah. John Durham. Yep. Yeah, so let's go. Tech executive people. one, for example, internet company one. Yeah. Uh, uh, the uh, the Clinton campaign, for example. Yeah. Yep. So Rodney Jaffe is tech executive one. He is a pro Clinton tech executive in Silicon Valley, who uh, by the documents that in fact that Durham updated in this filing today thought he was going to get a job in the Clinton administration if Hillary Clinton went. So he's highly motivated, and he's the guy telling. The rest of the group working on this Alpha Bank, the, the VIPs, meaning this is Clinton in the top of the campaign, they really want this story to be true and to be given to the FBI. So Rodney Jaffe is a very important figure, pro-Clinton, expecting to land an appointment in the Clinton administration, and he's driving some of this research that tries to connect Alpha Bank, Donald Trump, and Vladimir Putin, which we now know to be false. And while he's doing it, the people around him, some of these tech researchers at universities and companies, they're telling him, hey, this is maybe a red herring. The best we're going to be able to say there's an inference, but it doesn't really prove anything. We could manufacture this easily. Everyone should be cautious. So while he's pushing the theory, the people around him are telling, eh, this isn't so true. That's part of that conspiracy they're talking about. Let's go to the, as an initial matter, the government expects and the evidence at trial will show that beginning in late July, early 2016, by the way, which is our, which has been our timeline, your timeline, my timeline from the beginning. Tech executive one agents of the Clinton campaign were acting in concert towards a common goal, namely the goal of assembling and disseminating the Russian bank allegations and other derogatory information about Trump and his associates to the media and to the U.S. government. I assume they mean the FBI. The evidence of a joint venture or conspiracy will establish, according to prosecutors, Quote, that in November 2016, soon after pres- the presidential election, Tech Executive One emailed the colleagues stating, quote, I was tentatively offered the top cybersecurity job by the Democrats when it looked like they'd win. In some, the special counsel concludes, quote, the above evidence, public information, expected testimony clearly establishes by a preponderance of evidence that the defendant and tech executive one worked in concert with each other and agents of the Clinton campaign to research and disseminate the Russian bank allegations. 
Now, that's your conspiracy. That is, that would be a conspiracy. So my question then becomes: uh, How does how close does this get at, to who? Let's let's remember that separate of this information. All right, now we know that all the people around Hillary Clinton are peddling this story. Remember Jake. Uh, Sullivan, her top national security advisor, he's tweeting about this conspiracy. Her lawyer's bringing it to the FBI. Her tech guy, who might be the cybersecurity chief in her administration, he's putting it together. Christopher Steele is identified in the, the court filing today as somebody who was working it. He gets it. They tell, work it some more. Tell us what you can find out. Fusion GPS, they're working it. Glenn Simpson. But remember what Barack Obama was told in July, just as this entire apparatus is kicking into gear to come up with the, the Alpha Bank and the Steele dossier. Uh, Barack Obama is told by CIA Director John Brennan, hey boss, we have an intercept and Hillary Clinton has approved some plan to dirty up Donald Trump on some bogus Russia allegations to take the attention away from her uh, uh, email scandal, which had just kind of wrapped up with James Baker's exoneration. And I put that in quote marks in July. So at the very beginning of all these machinations, the, the top of the United States government knows that Hillary Clinton has approved a plan that looks just like what's walking into the door at the FBI, the CIA. In September, that warning goes from beyond the president. It goes to the very people at the top of the FBI, James Comey and Peter Strzok, the guy running Operation Hurricane, the director of the FBI. They tell him the same thing. Hey, guys, we know you're looking at this Trump stuff. Please be advised that Hillary Clinton approved a plan, blah, 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 to kind of create a dirty story and a dirty trick on Donald Trump. Hillary Clinton is at the head of this activity, according to these intercepts, it'll be very interesting to see when when um, Durham gets to the trial, does he show that this conspiracy, which right now he right. says is elements of the campaign, does it go all the way to Hillary? I don't know. We'll have to see. Quick break. More with John Solomon on the other side in your calls. 800-941-SEAN. John Solomon, editor-in-chief, justthenews.com. Let's go back to the filing. UK person one, you know who that is? Christopher Steele. Okay, further testified that after the meeting, uh, personnel from the U.S. investigative firm tasked UK person one, Steele, to right. research and produce intelligence reports about Russian Bank One, which he did. And according to U.S. government records and public information, U.K. Person One also later provided the substance of the Russia Bank One allegations to personnel from the U.S. State Department right. and the U.S. investigative firm provided such information to an official at the U.S. Department of Justice. Now this brings in, let's go through the channels. If, if You've got talk, Hillary Clinton. For one second, that's a story that you and I broke on the show. That is the famous that's correct. Kathleen Well, Dallas you broke story. it. I, yep. Yeah, that is the whole thing. So Christopher Steele goes to the State Department, dumps this bogus allegation there. So what's going on? Steele's walking it into the State Department. Sussman's walking it into the FBI and CIA. What you see going on, the Clinton machinery is trying to flood the intelligence agency so that they actually are tricked into investigating this. That's what uh, he's laying out in this uh, in this court filing. So he so it was Christopher Steele. Let's go through the money. Starts with Hillary Clinton, the DNC, of which she has control of the money at that particular point in time, from my recollection. Anyway, so they literally tasked Steele with money funneled from 
the DNC and the Clinton campaign to Perkins Coie Law Firm that hires Fusion GPS and Op Research Firm that hires Christopher Steele. Okay, Steele's job is to produce and research the, these phony reports about Alpha Bank and this conspiracy to, to say that somehow the, that Trump is connected to a Trump Tower, etc. Right. Um, now let's go to the testimony in, in, you know, what's the role of Fusion GPS in all of this? Well, Fusion GPS, Glenn Simpson, is the boss of Christopher Steele, right? So Perkins, uh, Hillary Clinton sets this in motion. Perkins Cooey disguises it and runs it as a law firm, pretending it's legal business when it's opposition research. They hire Fusion GPS. Fusion GPS hires and manages Christopher Steele. And Christopher Steele is among the agents, not only researching it, but also disseminating it, trying to get it into the intelligence community so there's enough of an echo chamber that someone will uh, bite on it and do it. And I want to point out something that seems to be a pattern now. It's taken us a long time to get this pattern. But it seems as though the FBI, every time the FBI originally said, eh, we're not going to go there, uh, Hillary Clinton's team goes somewhere else to try to force it to happen. Let me just give you a, a three-month summary because they say this starts in July. Christopher Steele walks in his dossier to uh, London FBI. We have about 15 seconds, John. Go okay. ahead. Well, they just they just keep moving around. They go to the FBI, don't get what they want. They go to the FBI headquarters, they don't get what they want. They go to the FBI general counsel, they don't get what they want. They go to the State Department, an effort to flood the zone until somebody says we got to investigate this. That's what uh, this is. Uh, this is taking on a whole new life, and it may have taken forever, but maybe maybe Durham will do it. John Solomon, editor in chief, justthenews dot com. Thank you. Quick break, right back. All right, twenty five to the top of the hour. Before I get to calls, um. I have said on this program over and over again that since we've had the Delta variant, we've had what are called breakthrough cases. What's a breakthrough case? Fully vaccinated people getting COVID, uh, positive COVID tests. Now, the person that jumped on this the fastest, okay, because now this is a game changer. That means, oh, they first told us if you got vaccinated, uh, you're never going to get COVID. Well, that didn't work out. If you get vaccinated and boosted, you're not going to get COVID. That didn't work out either. We have fully vaccinated people with their boosters and even people with previous infections. They're all still getting COVID. I know more people that have had COVID twice than I can even list on this program at this point. And what I pointed out when when people ask me, and we've had so many doctors on this program, Dr. Fareed, Dr. Tyson, Dr. Oz, Dr. Here, Dr. There, Dr. Everywhere. We've had all these people, uh, you know, from Yale and Harvard, Dr. Reich, and so many great people that believe in proactive medicine. In other words, the thing about COVID is you just don't know if you're going to be the one. It, for whatever reason, in some people, and these are the people that are at risk of dying, usually older people, people that are obese, people with uh, uh, comorbidities and pre-existing conditions, uh, all plays a factor, not younger people. They're still masking kids four and under in New York. It's so stupid. They're not following the science. But if they're going to follow the science, now that you have all these breakthrough cases, Okay, what do you do? What's your next best option? Now, the person that got ahead of the curve on this was Governor Ron DeSantis down in Florida. And he discovered monoclonal antibodies, the infusion taken early. I mean, it works like a charm. I don't know a single person that didn't get a positive COVID test within 48 hours getting the infusion of you know, either Regeneron at the time or Eli Lilly's version of at the time uh, then we found Citrovimab by GSK worked on Omicron 1. 
that it didn't work on. Well, now the new variant Omicron, we'll call it 2.0. I mean, that's not its official name. Not that anybody really cares. BA.2, if you care to be official. Anyway, so what we've learned is Citrovimab, which was the most effective monoclonal antibody on Omicron, is not as effective on BA.2 or 2.0 Omicron. But it happens to be an Eli Lilly product that works the best on this new sub-variant, and it's called betolimab, sort of like citrovimab. All right, so they've got a monoclonal antibody. Here's the problem, is that now I've talked to people on the ground that actually are up to their eyeballs in this. Now, Ron DeSantis opened up all over the state of Florida. Once breakthrough cases started popping up, okay, you can't tell people to go get vaccinated and go get boosted because they're still getting positive COVID tests. And their argument is, well, your risk of hospitalization is less. Okay, fine. Follow the science. Your risk of dying is less. Fine. Follow the science. But the problem with COVID is not day one, two, or three for most people, or four or five for that matter. You get around day six, seven, eight, nine, and 10, this thing gets in your lungs and your immune system has an overreaction. I'm, I'm giving very simple, simplistic almost Kamala Harris-like layman's terms of what goes on inside of the human body. But for some people, their, their immune systems overreact. And then they have what's called COVID lung or COVID pneumonia. And at that point, you're in trouble. Now, doctors, many of them, many states still are not proactive in terms of treatment of people that test positive. I believe in proactive medicines. I think that's the best way to go. And and we've had one doctor on after another that agrees with, with us. They've convinced me that, that that's the best path to follow. I'd urge you to ask your doctor. But if you test positive, I've been telling people immediately call your doctor and ask about monoclonal antibodies. Then I see in the Epic Times today, Biden administration cuts off 14 more states from COVID-19 treatment just as Omicron 2.0 or BA.2, the variant, spreads. Now, why would President Biden uh, be cutting these states off? Now, here's the worst part of this. Now, initially, the only time that Joe Biden ever mentioned monoclonal antibodies, the first time he mentioned it is when he gave his vaccine mandate speech. Meanwhile, he had inherited monoclonal antibodies like Regeneron, etc. by the time he went into office. I mean, you, you would have think you would think we would have warped warp speeding all of this. And if new variants come along, there's simple ways to make the adjustments and mass produce the one therapeutic that every single doctor agrees about, agrees on. The same with these new antivirals. I don't know as much about them as I do monoclonals. But now to read a headline that they're cutting off states from this COVID treatment is mind-numbing to me. Because remember, after Delta... Oh, the Biden administration said, well, we didn't see Omicron coming. Why not? Now, by the way, there's a new variant that has emerged in Great Britain following Omicron 2.0. In case you're interested, we're following it. Um, so anyway, the Department of Health and Human Services, March 30th, stopped shipments of the drug Citrovimab to states, bringing the total number of states no longer receiving doses to 22 and states like Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio, Wisconsin, Arizona, California, Idaho, Nevada, Oregon, Washington, Alaska, Hawaii, previously eight states in the Northeast stopped receiving the shipments. Now, remember, 
All these monoclonal antibody centers in Florida were doing great. And then in comes the Biden administration. They finally, when they announced the vaccine mandate, mentioned monoclonal antibodies for the first time. Then they take over and purchase everything. They, they're buying out all of the monoclonal antibodies so states can't even buy their own supply. Now, thankfully, people like, you know, that are pretty industrious and, and smart and clever, guys like Governor DeSantis said, fine, I'll use my own taxpayer dollars. We'll, we'll go abroad. There are other versions of monoclonal antibodies that work. We'll get those, AstraZeneca, et cetera, et cetera. And he was able to do that for a time. But now they've decided they're not going to give them out. And there's no indication that the Eli Lilly monoclonal that seems to work best on Omicron 2.0, and that's called Bebtolumab. Uh, I'm not saying it right, I'm sure. I'll figure it out in a couple of weeks. Uh, but anyway, is the one that works the best. As a matter of fact, I know somebody that got infused with this monoclonal in Florida over the weekend. So it's available, but not readily available. The person had to work really, really hard, find the right concierge doctor, pay for it, and and they were able to get the the treatment. Originally, when the centers were set up, monoclonal antibody centers were set up in Florida, it was free for anybody. Anybody you got a positive test, you get it. And everybody got everybody that took it early did well. And this is this this is unconscionable what they're doing. They're setting people up. If you don't have the one therapeutic that works the best, that every doctor agrees works the best, and you're not warp speeding it, and your stupid message of get the vaccine, get the booster, get the booster, get the vaccine, get the booster, booster, but you can still get COVID, the next scientific thought ought to be, okay, if you are a breakthrough case, even if you had the vaccine, even if you had the boosters, even if you had previous infections, how do you treat it with therapeutics? This is the best therapeutic, according to every doctor I've interviewed. Now, I suggest if you get a positive test to, again, call your doctor and ask your doctor about the monoclonal antibodies. We'll put up the name on Hannity.com. We'll put the whole Epic Times article on Hannity.com. This is unconscionable. This is this one size fits all, you know, vaccinate, vaccinate. You could be fully vaccinated and you still can be contagious to other people because you can contract the virus. It's unreal to me. It's it is it is beyond incompetence at this point. Quick. Let's hit our busy phones here. Let's say hi to Michael in Florida. Mike, how are you? Glad you called, sir. Hi, Sean. And, and what you just said is, you know, it's just part of the course for the White House or this administration. Uh, let's destroy that that opportunity or that that capability of monoclonal antibodies, and then everything else, the border economy, border economy, and every everything that they've done to to bring us down. But I was really calling to comment on your on your show yesterday. You made a comment about the White House attacking Fox. And it's just obvious, and obviously Fox and you have done a great job of highlighting or, or bringing information to the public that no one else will. The Communist News Network definitely will never do that. Um, and the others don't do it, and it's sad. It's a sad state for the country 
how far it, it shifted from uh, Russia Gate, Russia everything, to how bad uh, the everyone's treating the U.S. until now. The the, the White House or or Biden takes over, and all that's washed away. Uh, we have no issues and everything's great. So it's just uh, thank you for what you do because you're the well, only I, one. I, listen. I can't do this without you. Uh, what they don't like is that we actually point out that. Joe Biden ran out of COVID tests at Christmas. He didn't prepare for the predictable Christmas surge in in uh, as it relates to uh, coronavirus. Uh, we point out the disaster at the border. We point out the economic disaster, 40-year high of inflation. We point out the fallacy and idiocy of him abandoning en- energy independence and America being a net exporter of energy. We point out his failure in the Islamic Emirates of Afghanistan. Uh, we point out how slow he's being in terms of arming the Ukrainians who, who are doing a very good job of protecting their own country but desperately need weapons more quickly and more lethal weapons so that they can actually win the war and stop Putin right in his tracks there without one American boot on the ground. Um, All of these things, I can't think of a single thing he's done that's successful. And, you know, this is why November, seven months from now, whatever the date actually is, we've got important work to do. And it's got to be every American hand on deck, every Patriot's hand on deck, and it's got to be it's it's an inflection point in American history, tipping point election. You can use every cliche that we've used in the past, but this time it's true. I can't think of a more important time for Americans to be engaged. And, you know, I'm, I'm not buying all of these predictions for the midterm elections that I hear. And that is oh, the it's going to be a disaster. Democratic strategists speak out ahead of the midterms. We're going to get slaughtered in November. You know how I read that? I read it very differently than most people. I read it that they're lowering lowering expectations as much as possible so they can say, oh, see, it wasn't really that bad. Like, for example, there have been midterm elections where Republicans are, are down 40 seats in the House and they win 50 or 60. And they say, wow, this is a huge election. Well, now it's almost dead even. We're only about four or five seats behind. So if the Republicans were to win 30 new seats, it would be a massive message to Joe Biden and the Democratic Socialists. The real trick is, I mean, these Senate races are, are not slam dunks. You've got Florida. you got Missouri. you got Georgia. you got North and South Carolina, New Hampshire. You got Pennsylvania, you got Wisconsin, Ohio, uh, you've got Arizona, Nevada. Every swing state has a Senate race this year. Now, can the Republicans nationalize the election? Can they win with promises that they will keep and an agenda that will inspire? Yeah, but never underestimate a Republican Party's ability to screw things up. So I am. I am cautiously optimistic, but I'm more focused on the work than I am with the result at this point. The result will speak for themselves if the work is done. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I mean, at the end of the day, we just always have to remember that we're always weaker when the Democrats and liberals are in charge. Panama, Carter, Clinton, 9-11, Obama, Syria, Libya, Biden, Afghanistan, Ukraine. It, just, it, it goes on and on. So, yes, we have to all be cautiously optimistic and stay in and we work together on this because it's uh it's a sad state that we're in right now it's it's these are really really hard times and i talk to a lot of people and i appreciate the call thank you 
Linda, I know people make fun of me because I talk all about my grocery shopping every week, but I don't really care because I actually love to do it and I love to meet people. I think you and, love to eat. I think grocery right, shopping is just a way to getting me, well, to What that. am I doing there anymore? Why are you here? I'm like, because I like to eat. But I, I am genuinely hearing a real concern about how bad this is, meeting the economy, meeting the presidency of Joe Biden, meaning that, you know, what's going on in the world. And 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 I and people looking at me and they're like looking for answers and I'm like you know they they want reassurance I can't give it to them because I can't confidently say that these next three years are are going to be better because I don't believe they are I think things get dramatically worse before they even have a chance to get better and the only way they're going to get better is if if they would reinstate the Trump policy something they're never going to do. Everybody so knows is, the problem. He's the problem. Now we have to talk about solutions. Solutions are mobilizing. Is the solution. That's the short and that's the long and short of it. We have to right, we have to vote in four. November. Yeah. Quick break right back. More than a movie is back with season 2. I'm your host Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 